I'm not crazy, I'm just a little unwell. I know right now you can't tell. But wait a while and then you'll see a different side of me. It's a crazy and chaotic world out there and it impacts all of us. And I think, Nula, that little tune just says it all. Think about the news, the political unrest, strikes, wars, pandemics, flooding, earthquakes, etc. And the toll all of this takes on our mental health and wellness. I'm Karen Avari. And I am Nula Gage. And we are the Safety Collaborators. Our mission is to help people change the way they think about safety. Why are we talking about this today? We have a client that we are working with in Turkey. And for those who may not know, the country Turkey recently changed the pronunciation of the name to Turkey. And over the last couple of months, I think globally, everyone is aware of the massive earthquake that took place in Turkey and Syria and just the impact that that has had. And something as big and as traumatic as that impacts and affects absolutely everyone. It has affected people who were involved in the earthquake areas, who have lost everything, who have lost friends, who have lost family. Their homes have gone, but they've survived. It has impacted everyone in the organization who were in parts of, of Turkey and different parts of Syria, but we're mostly in Turkey, who mm. maybe didn't even know anyone particularly in that area, but it has had a national effect. And it has affected every single person that I know who don't live in the country, but are involved in this project. And it's been a difficult time in many ways because it is crazy and it is chaotic. And you're not quite sure what do you say, whether it's on a phone call or a WhatsApp message before I left to go back to the country, whether it's landing in the country and meeting your friends and just going, I am so sorry for what has happened. And it shows up in so many different ways. Mm. And even that little tune at the beginning, I'm not crazy, I'm just a little unwell. Sometimes we actually have no idea what people are going through. And yet they come across as either absolutely fine or possibly a little bit crazy in the moment because there's just so much that's happening around them. And today would be, I think, a good conversation to explore, well, what does that mean in the industries that we work in? How does that show up? How do people cope? How do we support people who have gone through or are going through a traumatic event? And what's the next steps? Yeah. And we ourselves, even when we're working, we are also impacted. So how we show up as individuals also impacts how others are and how we can support each other. So we felt that this was a really important topic and we wanted to talk about it. And it's actually because of the project and the work that you've done there in the last month that made us realise that this might be a very helpful episode to chat to most of us. And we have our own stories. Nula, while you were on the project, you have a story. I do. It's been, it was an interesting trip. And it was tough before I left home, knowing that I was going to be going into this emotional environment. Mm. And it was also tough because I was leaving a really sick animal at home. 
and not knowing what the outcome of that was going to be. Mm. And in some ways, I felt like, you know, dealing with that was, was less than what everybody else was going on around me. But I also had a conversation with a good friend and that realization of, hang on, this is your story. This is your moment. And your story doesn't diminish because people are going through more or less around you. And don't push aside what you are feeling. And we adopted this beautiful feral kitten four and a half years ago who has completely stolen our hearts. Mm. And he contracted encephalitis. And no matter what the vets did, they couldn't save him. So here I was on the job supporting a whole lot of people who've been through a huge amount of trauma. But on the other side, kind of going, hang on, I'm also having my moment of, of trauma and dealing with loss. Mm. And going, how do I cope with this? without feeling like I'm letting the rest of the team down. Exactly. And that's where it gets difficult. For the roles that we play is we sometimes have to hold back those emotions. I remember when I was working in Chad, in fact, my mother died whilst I was on that project. And I felt quite blessed because I'd actually seen her a couple of months before. And I knew that things weren't great. So I was making a big effort to try and call her every day. Now, to put this into perspective, my mother and I did not call each other every day. We weren't that sort of relationship. It was three times a year. But for some reason at this particular time, that was out. And I was on this project and there was nothing I could do, in fact, because it was just me. And that's something else to think about. Sometimes we have to be careful what we say to people about, well, how do you, you know, well, just go and do X, Y, and Z. Sometimes that's not possible. And you just have to wear those emotions and you have to sit with them. And like you, mm -hmm. you just sort of push it to the side and go, I'll just deal with that later. Yes. I also remember how I felt actually when the Ukraine war kicked off Apart from being horrified that this was even happening, there's not the only war that's going on in the world, let's be serious, but it is one that has big impact on the world at large. And I was listening to the news fairly regularly at the time, and I was really starting to struggle with, I need to play a role in this. How can I not be helping? When you were hearing stories, how can I fix yes. it, right? How can I go and fix it? But what was worse was actually I almost felt guilty because I wasn't hopping into a truck and driving across the borders with bags full of clothes and medical supplies. It was so hectic here, particularly in, in the UK, listening to the news about all these, I'm going to use the word heroes. They would be horrified if that was the word you used, I think. But th they were traveling there and I was sitting back here. Volunteers. Volunteer, volunteering their time. And I'm not in the position to go and do that. So I was actually feeling really horrible for a little while to the point where I thought, I, I have to turn the news off here. I can no longer listen to the news, not because of the war, interestingly enough, but how I felt that I couldn't help. And I think that is so poignant, is that sense of uselessness. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say the word useless, yeah. but I was trying to think, is there another word that... <laughs> It's not useless. It's, not. it's about what's appropriate. Yes. Not everybody can just go and help. We have to be mindful of what else is going on around us in our individual worlds and how do we make things work in that. And, and I actually had to change the narrative in my own mind to say, you know what, they are blessed to be in the position where they can go and do that. 
I am in a position where I have to help those that are closer to me and get on with what we're doing. And and that was actually how I kind of got through that. Funny, just talking about this now, I've realised just how big an impact that actually had at the time. It reminds me so much of talking about our circle of influence and our circle of control. Yes. And when we step out of our circle of control and even further out of our circle of influence, it can have such a negative impact mm. on us in that moment. Mm. Because similarly... I horrify so many people because I do not listen to the news because I can't do anything about it. I can't change it. I can't impact it. I can't influence it. And that is one of my coping mechanisms is that I want to know what is happening with the people around me, what is happening with the community around me, and how do I help them in their moments of trauma or in their moment of need because that's where I can make a difference. Indeed. Indeed. And when we look at even those examples, and it's tough, you think of how many different traumatic experiences people have Mm. in a working environment, whether it's offshore, onshore, in the office, the teller at the supermarket. They may have broken up with their boyfriend or husband or had an argument with their child that morning. There are so many things that we just don't know. And everyone reacts differently to a traumatic event. And when we were looking into this topic and researching it, one of the things we spoke about are, are there some do's and don'ts of how leaders can actually help or team members can help navigate these potentially stormy waters? Yeah. And we all react differently, everyone. So don't assume. And interestingly, and I think this is such an important thing, Because in my worldview, whoever my worldview is, may think that that is very traumatic, in someone else's, it may not be. We don't get Mm traumatised by the same things in the same way. Or to the same degree. Or to the same degree, yeah. So I think it's important then that we have to let people express their feelings if they want to. We can't force people to. However, it is, I think, healthy if you see or if you observe body language or if you see that someone's not performing as you would have expected them to or are used to them doing, then check in. You may not get a great response. You may get no answer at all, but check in all the same. But the fact that you paid attention is often such a huge huge response. And Also be aware of the fact that you might not be the right person for that person to feel safe to open up to. Yes. But there may be someone else in the team that you can go to and say, is Karen okay today? Because she seems a little bit off and you're close. Have you got five minutes to go and check in on her? Yeah. Very good point, actually. If this podcast is adding value to you and your colleagues, check out our past episodes. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform and never miss a thing. Now back to the conversation. Think about the language that we use. Don't feel that you as an individual can fix everything because you can't. No. Not at all. We need to use language that is caring. Exactly. Interesting. I've been doing quite a bit of work on personality differences on another project. And what we have been talking about is, you know, you all have two people who are trying to be kind but sound completely different. So you'll have... Oh, that is so true. Right? They're both coming from a place of care and desire to do good, but they can sound so different. 
So you'll have one personality type who might be quite blunt in the way that they approach this. So they might say, you don't look well today. I think you should go home or go to your cabin or whatever it is. You'll have the other person who'll say, can I just check in with you? You're not looking so well today. Is there something that we can talk about or whatever it is, right? Maybe you need to go and take mm-hmm. a rest. Do you need a coffee? Both are saying the same thing. Both could be accepted in two different ways also. Mm -hmm. So the person who gets told, listen, go to your cabin, might go, oh, thank God, I don't have to think about that. Thank you very much. I'm going to sleep now for a while. And the other person's going, oh, that's a bit mamby-pamby for me. It also is really interesting how the dynamics of language can get involved in all of the emotional piece as well. And the difference between empathy and sympathy. Oh, my God, yes. So there's a big difference between saying you sound really upset about the fact that your cat died Mm. versus let me tell you about when my cat died and I was offshore. Yes. I think I just did that about my mother, but that's okay. (laughs) That was (laughs) planned. That was planned. No, not at all because we're sharing (laughs) stories. But it's something for team members and people to be conscious of is that Mm. sympathy is let me make it about me in many ways. So I'm taking it away from you and making it about me. Mm. Empathy is going... I hear you and I see you where you are at. Most definitely. And I think it's about meeting people where they're at. One thing that human beings in general have a tendency to do is to try and fix things. So if you've got a friend or someone that you think you can see is upset and it's happened to me, I might be upset and they just walk straight up into me and try to put their arms around me and say, what can I do to help you? And it's the last thing on earth that you actually want. Because when we do that, it's like you're taking away from that person's feelings. What is often nicer is if, actually, I just had an image of Pooh Bear and Piglet. Mm -hmm. And there's the two of them. They're just sitting there back to back. Yes. Pooh's feeling really sad. And Piglet just sits down beside him. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't do anything. Pooh goes, what are you doing? Piglet says, I'm just here, just in case. It's such a beautiful expression. I'm sure that's not the exact words, but it's along those lines. So what's really important, I think, when you go to people is is actually ask them, what do they need? What do you need? And it can be tough because, you know me, I am the queen of hugs. Anybody who needs a hug, you just come my way. And I have had to learn to not just hug, but to actually offer. And if the answer is no, that that is perfectly okay. Because when we're trying to help people, it's not about us. It's about them. Mm. So by asking the question, what do you need? And they might say, actually, I just need to be left alone. And the best you can say is, okay, I'll do that. Okay. Let me, I'll let you know that I'm here if you need me and walk away. And that might be all that person needed in that moment. The other side of that is being conscious of not making people almost feel guilty for surviving or for coming out of a traumatic event and they should be okay because other people have been through worse. And it can be coming from a place of, I'm trying to make you feel better. And we have that so much in the South African context with the amount of how crime has increased. Mm. And you will hear someone who's been held up or hijacked or something and you'll hear someone else going, oh, well, it's not so bad. You came away with your life, so that's okay. Just get over it. Oh, toxic positivity just does my head in. Just as a side note, not helpful. And yep, go on. Not helpful at all. No. And it comes back to that let's meet people where they're at and let them be in their story and listen. Yes. 
don't interrupt or tell them how they should be feeling. Yeah. So there are some really clear, maybe not so clear, do's and don'ts that can help. You can help each other with. We need to also be very conscious that it isn't always first-hand trauma. It could be secondary trauma. And honestly, in this day and age, with the amount of data that floats around, reliving things through the news, which is, I guess, why I stopped listening to the news earlier last year around the whole, because everything was about the war in Ukraine and what everybody was doing. And so I ended up turning it off because I ended up just reliving it and those feelings. I was reliving that feeling of awfulness and helplessness. So, you know, turn it off. Do yourself a favour and turn it all off. If I've turned it off and I am still battling with these emotions, I'm not hearing it through the media, I'm getting on with my day, but I'm not actually coping with my day. When is the point where I should no longer try and deal with it on my own, but seek professional help? I think if we're constantly noticing persistent, unusual feelings, or you're not coping with your normal routines, then that might be the time to go and seek some help. And there are lots of resources out there. We don't always know where to find them, but they are out there. And thankfully, Google is useful in many ways. There are psychologists, there's counsellors, there's coaches, there's friends. Uh, could be another employee, could be employee wellness programs, you know, tap into those things. There's lots of actually really quite good online apps that can help and online sites, virtual help and counsellors, in fact. They're quite useful. So these might be some of the ways to do that, but definitely tapping into how you're feeling and being honest with yourself, saying, you know what, I'm really not coping. Don't be afraid to have that conversation. It needs to be a normal conversation as well with yourself, except that mental health is as important as my feet health, my gut health, my heart health. We talk about physical fitness, heart fitness, Let's talk about mental fitness and how can we help ourselves in those areas. It needs to be more and more of an everyday conversation. And I'll be honest, it's still not an easy one for me to admit or talk about because I grew up in an era where it was uh, certainly in a household that it was, you don't talk about that shit. You don't air your dirty laundry. No. No, no, you know. <laughs> you know, you pull up your big girl pants and get the on with it. You can insert whatever word you like. And that's still prevalent in a lot of places and a lot of industries. Yes. You know, we think about the high hazard industry that we work in. It can still be that very, I'm tough. I've got this. I'm okay. I don't need to talk about this. I don't need help. Yet it shows up in safe operations and it influences how safely we work. All the time. The slight distraction because I'm actually thinking about what's going on at home. Mm. My mom's ill. Mm. My kids my kids are you know, on school holidays or I'm missing their birthday mm. today. I've had a traumatic event when I was home. I was in a car accident. Mm. Whatever the case mm. is, it's that moment the mind wonders and then it's like, how did this accident or incident happen? I don't know because I don't even actually remember what I was doing in that moment. And being conscious of that and being aware that, as we said earlier, that checking in, mm. hey, everything okay today? Mm. Or knowing that maybe that person is not going to share if things are or are not okay. But if you know your team well enough, mm. you'll know to maybe put them on something else 
or make sure that they have support that they don't even know is there. Because it's the small things that make a big difference and can reduce the likelihood of something going wrong. It's a big conversation globally, so much so that there are new rules, and I hate to think that we're putting rules and regulations around this, but we're raising the conversation. There's some rules around the mental health and wellness, psych health and safety, psychosocial safety. These are all being put in place now to improve Mm -hmm. how these situations are dealt with on the job and to raise the voice of many and give people the space to feel safe to speak up. I think we've got a long way to go, by the way. Part of that is, you know, I think a lot of what we do is to try and help people feel more comfortable in their conversations and the language that they use, and that's really important. And we're actually working on quite a big piece at the moment. We are to dive into psychological health and safety, psychosocial safety and psychological safety. And it is so much to take in, but it is something that we believe is so valuable to help people understand. And it is in a work in progress. Most definitely. And it'll be available hopefully soon on our website, safetycollaborations.com. Today was quite a big topic when we're talking about mental health. I think it's something that, you know, we're starting to have these conversations. We wanted to bring this to the light, given the projects that we're working on and everything that's going on around us and how we get impacted, how you get impacted. Also, part of the the last month on the project, we actually had this conversation, well, you had these conversations on the rig. And so we came up with the mental health top tips which were actually described on the mentalhealth.org.uk website. So it was something that I took from there. And then we created a lovely, I don't know if lovely is the right word, but anyway, I like it, um, <laughs> infographic, infographic highlighting these 10 tips. <laughs> and those top 10 tips are talk about your feelings, eat well. You'll be surprised and we could do a whole other subject just on that one, how our gut influences how we cope not just how we feel physically, but actually how we cope with life mentally. Drink sensibly for those. And that is both for those who drink alcohol and for also just general hydration. Yes. Also sugary drinks. There's a lot of not good news about sugary drinks, even the zero sugar drinks. So there's some research out there that suggests that that may even be worse for us. Keep in touch with each other. One of your favourite topics Keep active. Exactly. And keep that body moving. Amazing what a good dose of endorphins can do for your day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ask for help. And we've talked quite a bit about that already today. If and where possible, take a break. You know, I think that's a little more difficult when you're on shift to just say, well, I'm not feeling too well right now. I'm going to go and take a break. It's hard and we tend to push through that. But if it's possible, take a break. And that break might be a fag break, right? It might be two minutes. It doesn't necessarily have to be a long break. It could be literally walking away and taking 10 deep breaths when it's appropriate to do so. And scientifically, taking deep breaths helps calm the system down. It really does. It does. And I love the next one. Do something you're good at. And it doesn't mean you have to be perfect at it. So it might be singing a little song every now and again because it makes you happy. Maybe it's do something you feel good about. I think the next one's really big and really difficult for many of us. Accept who you are. 
You are who you are. Your emotions are yours and no one else's. And the emotions are there to guide you. Emotions all have a story. They are our predispositions for action, which means they drive us to action. So accept who we are and our emotions. Sit with them. It's okay to do that. And of course, last but not least, care for others. One of the nicest things you can do to feel good is to go and help someone else. It's a wonderful way to feel good about something, whatever that might be. And it doesn't have to be something big. Nope, not at all. Not at all. As you mentioned, we have made a lovely infographic. And while I was offshore, we had that infographic translated into Turkish for our Turkish friends. And both the English and the Turkish versions will be available in the show notes on our website, safetycollaborations.com. So please go there and download them. We would love to hear how you are doing with those top 10 and leave us a note or contact us on hello at safetycollaborations.com. Now, we've just introduced a little uh, like chat box that pops up on the website for that specific reason. So if that little chat boxy thing pops up, please send us a note. We actually do physically reply to it. So yeah, feel free to leave us your thoughts, how you're doing. If you've got any ideas you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you and that's probably a great place to do that. So as always, thank you for joining us today and it's always lovely to have conversations that matter. You can connect with us via our website, safetycollaborations.com. As Nola just said, that's where you'll find the show notes and the downloads for this episode and any other links that might be useful. And we are really easy to find on LinkedIn. Both of us have really unique names, actually. So Nola Gage and Karen Avari will follow our company page, Safety Collaborations. Until next week, stay safe and stay well. Stay safe.